Welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off, everything pre-physician assistant, PA students, and the PA career. We are so happy you're here and are super excited to bring you this episode. Today, we are interviewing a current PA student named Ari. She is currently a clinical student, so she's in the midst of her clinical year, and she will graduate in December. So not only has she successfully been accepted into PA school, she's gone through the trial that is didactic year. And the torture. Yes, the torture, as Katie calls it. And she's halfway through her clinical year, so we really wanted to interview uh, her so she could give you some of her tips and tricks and what PA school is really like. So welcome, Ari. Thank you welcome. so much. We're so happy to have you. So as we start out, tell us your story and a little bit about your background. Hey, I'm Ari. I'm originally from Connecticut. I went to school down in Florida at Stetson University. And when I was a sophomore, I decided that I wanted to go to PA school. I looked around at a couple different medical options and PA was really interesting to me, mostly because of the lateral mobility, being able to do, you know, anything. Yes. (laughs) You don't have to reboard or anything. So after my sophomore year of college, I went and did an EMT class. So it was a really rigorous six-week class, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, like practically like a job, almost like PA school. Just a <laughs> Just little shorter. peek into what PA school was I like. I love it. That's right. Carry you. <laughs> um, so I did that my sophomore year, or after my sophomore year, and then worked on getting clinical hours, and then I worked as an EMT in transport and then when I moved to Atlanta I worked for a 911 company outside of Atlanta and then another one inside of Atlanta so working streets it was pretty fun wow streets of Atlanta (laughs) I bet you have some stories yes (laughs) you really don't know what goes on in the midst of the world until you you know Gone the streets in an ambulance. <laughs> so true. That I believe. That so I believe. Much you can't even. Uh, you couldn't even make it up. <laughs> Give us an example of one of the craziest stories you have as an EMT in Atlanta. Sometimes people like to throw poop at you. Wait, <laughs> what? Like yeah, their own poop? Straight up poop on the street and throw it at you. <laughs> so I used to work at a jail that was my first job out of PA school was at a, a detention facility and you had to be they would actually mix up semen urine and poop mm-hmm. and then mix it up really good shake it up and then throw it on you as you walk by they thought it was hilarious yeah yeah oh my gosh wow <laughs> I mean surgical patients poop on the table sometimes but yeah. but you know nothing like that nothing like that no nothing like that so isn't that funny that's a great thing about the PA career right yeah. so many different yes. like, specialties and, and craziness you're yeah. pretty hardcore yeah. <laughs> listen yes and so in addition to being a PA Ari is also a phenomenal crossfitter mm-hmm. uh, she's phenomenally uh, strong and buff and super hardworking, and she also loves to travel and so so much more about personal life um and so much that is so cool about Ari. So, okay, so when applying to PA school, you finally decided PA was your thing. Like, how many schools did you apply to? How did you decide which schools to apply to? Like, how was that process for you? Since I was in Atlanta at the time, I wanted to stay somewhere in the southeast. Okay. For the most part. So I went online, and there are, like, tons of places where you can just look at, like, all of the PA programs, what they require, where they are, all of that kind of stuff. So I went through and made my own spreadsheet of, this is a state, these are the schools, these are their requirements, do I think I'll meet them or not? 
So I had everything in a spreadsheet. And then I, when I finally decided to apply, I applied, did apply to a couple schools in the Northeast back home and then sure. like a random one on the West Coast just because I really liked their mission statement. So, you, know, you just wanted to go by the road out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, we get it. <laughs> so I made my spreadsheet, and I ended up applying to, like, 15 schools. Awesome. I looked at the requirements, and then, so my biggest contender was obviously the patient care hours. Sure. Because I was just out of school. I'd graduated six months ago. My number one school was Emory. So mm-hmm. they had 2,000 hour minimum. So that was my goal, was I, I at least need to get 2,000 hours of experience, because like looking Makes through sense. all the online yeah. forums, like that's like a good average. That was my goal for that. I took a couple extra classes that I hadn't taken during an undergrad and mostly just worked on like getting my patient care, learning as much as I could while I was there, seeing what happened. <laughs> what was your major in? I majored in integrative health science. Very cool. Okay, yeah. And then did you have shadowing hours at the time too? Um, I did them while I was doing my patient care hours after I graduated. And what would you say would be the weak point of your application when you were applying? I would say I would say I didn't have a lot of shadow hours. I actually had after I interviewed at my college, I had to go back and get more shadow hours after they had accepted me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely one of my weaker points. And I didn't I had an okay GPA but not great. Yeah, so what I love cuz what you're saying is like it's not a super quick process because we get a lot of students they're like yeah I didn't want to be a PA tomorrow and what you're saying is like you decided sophomore year mm-hmm. and then you know you took the classes you put the time in you you figured out how many patient care hours you needed and so you worked for for months before you even applied and so I think that's really important for the listeners to hear the fact that most people just don't decide one day wake up gonna get PA school and a month mm-hmm. later their cast is filled out and that they're successful right it takes time it takes planning so the earlier you can figure it out, the earlier you can start getting these patient care hours, these shadowing hours, the better. And so as we said before, nobody has a perfect application. Everybody has a weakness to it and everybody has a strength to it. And so you just have to figure out, like Ari did, which schools really match your strengths and then which schools don't really mind so much about your weakness. Because we all have something that, you know, we could change. If we could, we would change it about our application to make it even perfect. So I love that because it really is a long-term process. And that's yeah. the beauty of PA school is we really look holistically at, at the applicant. You know, it's not just a make or break if you have a lower GPA than average or a lower GRE than average. We look at the whole picture. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so fast forward. So now you're in PA school, and so you made it through didactic year, which congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, right? So for the people who are just about to start PA school this year or pre-PAs who want to start this year, what is some of your top advice for just how to manage the insane amount of material and still say... Thing, I guess <laughs> that's the right way to say it. Something that it took me a long time to learn was that you're not in school to get straight A's. You're, yes. Once you're in PA school, it really as long as you're passing, it doesn't matter what your grades are. And as long as you're learning what you need for your future, it really doesn't matter. So Great advice. Yes. You know, academic triage is everything. <laughs> you might have that's a great, great grade in one class and not so great grade in the other class. So you, have, you kind of have to balance that, you know, see where am I going to put most of my time into this week or how can I prioritize things for the next couple of weeks and plan it out. So academic triage is definitely a big one. I love that. Just understand that you're probably going to be studying a lot. Most days, most hours, yeah, set your expectations low so when you don't have to study as much, you know, you're really excited. It's like a free, free yeah. break, yay. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, and that's what I think students, like we tell them how hard it is and you talk to other students and like, man, it's really, really hard, but nothing can really prepare you, right? For like that no. first week. <laughs> yeah. You, you think, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to be studying all the time. This is going to be so hard, but you really don't know until you're doing it. Like, <laughs> it's even I was worse so than that. Prepared. It, 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 it can be. <laughs> Yes. But you just, yeah, you think you're prepared and it's nothing what you think it is. <laughs> so before you started your didactic year, did you do anything to prepare? So typically we recommend that applicants who are accepted review anatomy, physiology. No one they does. They usually so. don't. No one I does. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> did you do anything at all to prepare for the first day? I relaxed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. You and me. Cheers to that. We all did that. We took a break. No, and so Ari brings up an amazing point about graduate level education. As she says, it's not about getting an A. And we have so many students that struggle with this that in their mind, like, you're not successful unless you get an A or unless you're top of the class. You have to realize that everybody in PA school is top of the class. Okay, so you cannot compare yourself to your your peers. It is not a normal sampling of the population. And you also can't worry about grades as much as, as Ari said, understanding the information because that's really, really what's more important. The difference between an 88 and a 90 is negligible, right? But that's the difference between an A and B. And so, you know, in your mind, if you get the B, you're like, oh, I failed or I didn't work hard enough. No, like an 80, 88, you know, percent on something and a 90 percent on something is just, oh, I knew that question or I guessed right or something like that. So you have to realize that just understanding the information is so much more important than grades. And that takes a long time for a students to really come around and learn that. So I love that. So if you guys are listening, try and channel some of this mindset. Because it's totally a different mindset than undergrad where everything is focused on getting the highest GPA possible. In PA school, it doesn't matter as long as you're passing, like Ari says, as long as you're passing, no one cares what what your GPA is. And Since graduating, we've been PAs for 10 years. No one has ever asked us what our GPA is. The only thing that they want to know is if we're board certified. So it's totally a different mindset. And really, you just have to focus on making sure that you understand the information and uh, build that medical foundation and knowledge because you're going to have people's lives in your hands. And that's the most important thing, not the grade. Yeah. And I think like going off of that, it's important to remember that when you're studying it's not, oh, I have to pass this test. It's, how am I going to help someone in the future? Ooh, I love that. That's awesome. That's, that's what helps me, like, get through it sometimes because I'm like, you know, I'm not studying to pass a test tomorrow. I'm studying because someone's going to need me to know this in the future. Yes. That's yes. amazing. That's actually a really great mindset because when yeah. you keep that, it doesn't become a chore. It's more of, like, a privilege yeah. Yeah. because, you know, Absolutely. you're going to see this. So that's fantastic. I love that. So you touched a little bit on time management, academic triage, which, by the way, I'm going to start using because I love that phrase. (laughs) Yeah, we're totally stealing that. Like, that to me is, like, all of PA school. I was just like, that's fantastic. (laughs) So with time management, uh, obviously you have pursuits outside. You know, Mm -hmm. you're a big fitness advocate. You're a big traveler. You love to be outdoors. How do you – how do you – prioritize like school or how do you time management to get everything that you want to do in in the week so I just you know you have to prioritize so for me going to the gym most days of the week was like my break that was how I was gonna like let my brain go just focus on something other than school for an hour so give myself a break and just kind of relish in that it was like my therapy you know (laughs) yes yes so for me that was a big priority because I knew I needed somehow to just let my mind free for a little bit every day so I would go usually I would try to go from class all day to the gym take that break in between and then go home fresh make dinner and study the rest of the night 
So it just kind of helped keep me in a schedule um, and make sure that I was giving myself a break. Yes. <laughs> and that's really important. And so we, we kind of counsel students sometimes. And you don't have time to do everything you want, okay? You're not going to have time to do a lot of traveling. You're not going to have time to, like, Sunday picnic every every single week. But as Ari says, like, you need some sort of outlet every day. And it might not be as long as you want, and it might not be everything. So if you watch TV, that might be your outlet. But you can't watch TV and have dinner out with your friends and, you know, call your mom for an hour on the phone and hang out with your boy or girlfriend. Like, you can't do it all on a day. So as she says, prioritize. Yeah, you got to pick what's important. But everybody does need that mental break. So speaking of time management, do you have any advice for PA students who are in long-distance relationships or in relationships while in PA school? I think one thing that's important is getting your partner to realize what you're going through. Because they don't get it. And they never will. But just (laughs) being on the same page, like, hey, sometimes I can't talk to you. Or, like, I need to study and I need to prioritize this right now. Or sometimes I can't come hang out because I need to study. So just being on the same page, I think, is a really important first step. Because then nobody has any expectations, hopefully, that aren't going to be met, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Unmet expectations are the worst. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So just, you know, setting up your expectations so everybody's on the same page. My boyfriend and I tried to see each other once a month, so he would come visit, and I would, he understood that I had to study for part of the time he was here, but we would go do something fun for like half the day or one of the days or something. So I would prioritize during that week, I would get more done so that I could be more free during the weekend. Yeah. More present. Yeah. Yeah. So for background, Ari's uh, boyfriend lives a state away, and so within driving distance, but they lived apart because he lived down there and he had a job and she was up here, is up here in PA school. And so they were able to see each other about once a month. But I love how the fact that she's like, I knew we planned it out. I knew he was coming, you know, this X weekend. And so I would get more done during the week and sacrifice some of my free time during the week because I knew I wanted some time with him. And so I think it's really important for your spouse or significant other, or whoever it is, your partner to be on board with that. So what did that conversation look like? I mean, did you guys like sit down at the kitchen table or did he... I guess he knew you when you were applying to PA school. Yeah, I think he kind of understood. Because so he went through the whole applying process with me and like learning about PA school with me. So he kind of understood what it was going to be like. I don't think just like me, I couldn't fully understand it. He probably didn't fully (laughs) understand it. Um, But he's a very flexible person. So he was, he and he knows like this is my dream. I've been working really hard for it. So he's just super supportive of it. And I can't thank him enough. (laughs) But um, we actually did a little bit of long distance. So we both went to school in Florida. And when he graduated, he went to Atlanta. So we did a little bit of a long distance for the last year and a half of my undergrad. So we kind of already had like a flow of things like how it would work. You know, we'll we'll call each other every night. We'll see each other once a month. That's just kind of how things worked well for us. So, yeah. Yeah, and I like that. I like that you just had expectations. You're like, hey, this is what's going to happen. We're going to meet once a month. We're going to call it this time. And just setting it apart that time and making it part of your day and just adding that in. So I think that that's really crucial because we get a lot of students who, you know, get new relationships or, or have relationships that get in trouble in PA school. And I think it's because of those unmet expectations. Yeah, because as, on the same yeah, page. yeah, exactly. You said it's like until you go to PA school, you can't understand it. And then your, your significant other can't understand it because they're not in PA school. So yeah. you really have to sit down and kind of let them know like, hey, this is this is what's happening. This is the deal. So I love that. Let's switch gears a little bit to now clinical year. So you made it through didactic. You gave us some tips for that. So clinical year. So what surprised you the most about clinical year? How fast it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like you, you start doing something and you, 
I mean, at the beginning, you're like, I don't know anything. Uh, how am I going to mm-hmm. learn all of this stuff? How am I going to keep up? And then, you know, by week, end of week one, like end of week two, you're starting to get the hang of things. You know, you're really getting grinded week three, week four, and then it's week five and you have three days left next week. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you're getting good. That's where I am now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy how fast you pick up on things. And just, like, processes of, like, Mm. you don't get taught real medicine in the classroom. You know, like, how things really work. Right. EMRs, insurance, all of that stuff. And the art of medicine, too. Yeah. It's it's a lot of learning. And it's a very different learning than being in the classroom. Which rotation are you in right now? Surgery. Do you like it? It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I like that it's a bit, it's a balance of a lot of things. So you're in surgery sometimes, you're rounding sometimes, then you're in clinic. It's not, not super monotonous, Mm. which I like about it. Sure. So um, do you have any tips for students going into their clinical year? Probably lots. (laughs) (laughs) For PA school, I think a big thing is getting ready for EORs. So planning out how you're going to study for those and not cramming the last week yes. before the end of the rotation. So like looking at the blueprint ahead of time, kind of familiarizing yourself with the important things and going over like some of your weaknesses right before you start. So it's nice to have like a little break after end of rotation exams. I like to take like Friday, Saturday and just relax. And then Sunday kind of get back into my groove and maybe review a couple things that I'm like, hmm, these are kind of my weaknesses on yeah. this one. So I think that's helped me a lot, just reviewing a little bit each day. And then I like to go through and like log my patients at the end of the night, log my hours, and then go over a couple of different diseases that we saw that day just to keep myself going. Um, I find it easier to like link things that way. So for me, it's helped a lot. (laughs) And for our listeners, EORs are end of rotations, also known as callbacks. And this is where you come back from the rotation that you just completed and test on it to make sure uh, that you understand and have learned everything you needed to learn. Yeah. And the, I think it's really important. What Ari says is like the end of the each day, she does a little bit of reviewing because we have a lot of students that, you know, clinical year, they're like, freedom. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. yeah. So no one's standing over you. You don't have five tests every single week. And so we'll have some students that kind of like, this is like my time off and I'm just going to go to work. Like, it's like their job. They think I'm going to go do my eight to five job and go home and relax. But that's not really true because you're still learning. And so trying to cram everything the last three days before EORs really, really does not work. So really Ari has it right. Like you go home, log some patients, review some things that you, you taught that day so you can remind yourself and then move on. Because if you really think of it as like a job, an eight to five job, then um, then you're going to, you're not really just not going to put enough time and effort in. So you're not, it's not your job until you're PA. And then I promise you, we still come home and look stuff up, <laughs> yep. look stuff up all the time because you're like, oh, I'm not really sure about that. Or, you know, I saw this today. I want to know more about this in the clinic. And so it's not one of those typical things that students are like, yeah, I got freedom. My didactic <laughs> year is over. You know, you still have to pass your exams. You still have to pass your OSCEs, your OSCEs, whatever your callback is going to be. And so it's really, really important to keep up with information because if you think you can learn all of internal medicine mm-hmm. in two days, like... It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and that brings up a great point about the profession that even, you know, once you're a PA, it is lifelong learning yes. that never, ever ends. You, you, we still look up stuff every single day. It's so true. Yeah. Thank goodness for up to date. Yes. I was going to say, up to date is your best friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just get a subscription and go for it. Like. Yes. yes. 
All right, so what has been, like, one of the most amazing things about PA school in general? I think it's been pretty awesome the breadth of experience different each day can be and how much different settings that we've learned in. You learn in your classroom. You learn in your practicals and your OSCEs and your OSLERs. You learn in the clinic, in the OR. But then you also have, like, community service opportunities where we go and we're medical teams for, like, the homeless. There's so much that you can do. And it's really nice to have that experience as a student because you can just kind of take all of it in and learn from so many different people and pick and choose what you really liked. And I'm not going to be like that person or I really want to be like this person. Yeah, I guess it's really different from undergrad that way when you think about it. You know, you're not just in a classroom taking notes. I mean, you do a lot of that, but you also are doing simulation and you're also yeah. doing practice exams and there's people from the community come and you're doing this and you go into underserved medical clinics and you're doing your rotations and yeah so I think that that's that's really true it is not just sitting in the class learning there's so many mm -hmm. other aspects to it and so many moving pieces so I really like that yeah that's good I guess I guess I didn't think about that either before I started yeah. PA school and I guess you can't really understand it until you get in because we try and do as much real world practice as we can by getting fake models and you know getting all this stuff and getting people from the community to come in so it really is it really is kind of cool how much that with technology you can do these days now uh, in, in school. And I think one other thing is you, like being a student, there's so much you get to do that you'll, you might never do ever get. So like right now my surgeon, he's a general surgeon and colorectal surgeon. So we do colonoscopies two days a week. I would never think I would ever do colonoscopies, but it's pretty cool to like have that experience and say, you know, I've seen diverticulosis in real life. That's like, right. I can actually picture it now. <laughs> and you'll always remember it, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, when I was on my first rotation in women's health, shadowed the ultrasound tech a bunch of times. And that's not something that, I mean, PAs don't really go in often and do ultrasounds for pregnant women or people with GYN complaints. So it's pretty cool to get all of that experience in addition to following the PAs and the doctors. Yeah, definitely makes you far more well-rounded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So what do you think you'll go into once you graduate? It's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Always a big question. The two things I love the most are emergency medicine and cardiology. I have yet to do either of those rotations. So it technically it's still up in the air, but I think it's very likely I'll end up in one of those situations. <laughs> yeah, especially with an EMT background. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Sets me up well. It's my happy place. Yeah, I love it. So what is your plan after graduation? When are you planning on taking your pants, which is your board exam that all PAs have to pass before they become certified? Like kind of what's your timeline? What are you thinking? Best case scenario for me would be take the pants as soon as I can. So like a week after graduation, if it works out that way, it'll depend on the dates because it's December and it's just around Christmas time. So for me, the best case scenario would be take it as soon as I can and then go on a two-week vacation. <laughs> but I don't know that that'll happen, so we might have to cut our vacation down to like a week and then take the pants. So, you know, a little bit of a give and take, but... Yeah, love it, love it, love it. And then if you could, like, give just some overall advice from students who are wanting to become PAs, want to get in PA school, anything you have to share, just kind of some last minute, like, hey, this is what I wish I knew, this is what I think you need to concentrate on, what would you give them advice? I would say similar to what I said about, like, being in school and you're not learning for the test kind of thing. When you're out there getting your patient care hours and getting your volunteer hours, just take all the opportunities you can to learn the medicine and learn 
and see how people interact, how different jobs work, and take your patient experiences with you to PA school. Because, you know, when you're applying to school, you're like, why do I need all these hours? Like, whatever, it's a silly requirement. I'm, I'll be fine. Like, I'll be able to learn it. Like, I'm smart. I don't need all these hours mm-hmm. to prove myself or whatever. But really, being in school, I'm so thankful for all the experiences that I had because I feel like it gave me a leg up. I didn't have to learn as much in some areas. I had already knew how to take a patient history and how to do some parts of the physical exam. So it was really helpful to have that solid background and like a basis for everything. It made it a lot easier to go through school and just pick up on more in-depth things. So, you know, take, take all the experiences you have and really, you know, relish in them. Yeah, so you're not just checking a box when you're getting these prereqs. There's a reason why schools have prerequisites yeah. like patient care experience and exactly like Ari said, because anything you learn beforehand or any knowledge you have that you can build upon is just going to be one less thing that you have to learn in PA school. And this yes. is why, <laughs> yes, and you need all that time, right? You need yes. all that time. So when we talk about like, oh, reviewing some anatomy and reviewing some physiology and learning some physical exams or getting some patient care hours, this is why we talk about it because it's going to make your life a little bit less Miserable (laughs) when you're in PA school. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. What are some resources that you would recommend for pre-PA and PA students? For pre-PA, I would say much like your lovely selves, anybody that you can talk to that's been through it and, you know, is offering services, looking at resumes, looking at personal statement. (laughs) (laughs) You should block those Um, memories. (laughs) Gosh, that was... Way back there. (laughs) Getting a whole bunch of different eyes on everything that you put through, that's really helpful. Just reading everything you can on the internet, you know, you could find a whole bunch of stuff about PA school, about applying. And then for PA school, I would say up to date. I live by it. It's awesome. OneNote is really a great tool. I use it for all my, I put all of my PowerPoints into it and then you can write on them. And you can, it's kind of like a cloud, so you can open it up somewhere else, like online, instead of just on your computer. So it's nice to have, have all your notes in one spot and know, well, if my computer dies, <laughs> I won't lose everything. That's right, yes. <laughs> because you can access it somewhere that else. happens. <laughs> so those are two big things that I've really enjoyed using throughout school. Awesome. Great advice. Yes. Well, Ari, thank you so much for taking the time for us and our listeners today. We wish you well on your journey, and we are so, so excited for you. I can't wait you are able to do your emergency medicine rotation, and we will catch up with you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Where the White Coats Come Off. We would be so grateful if you would subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you are interested in any of our services, you can find us in the show notes. Click the link or prepaclinic.com. You can also find us on Instagram at prepaclinic. We would love to meet you and get to know you and help you get into PA school and then help you get through PA school. Thank you so much for listening.